On this episode of the AIE Podcast, nerds are running amok. Another SWOTOR officer is in the hot seat. Come meet me in person. All that and more coming up right now. Bringing you the latest news from the AIE gaming community from planet Earth and beyond. This is the AIE Podcast. Greetings and welcome to episode 141 of the AIE podcast celebrating the gaming community of Alea Iacta Est. Broadcasting from beautiful Northern California, this is Gomez. Hey, hey, party people. And joining me from the other side of the country out in central Alabama is Accuzod. Greetings, this is Accuzod. So Aludra could not be with us tonight. Uh, the deadline for submitting pet licenses is approaching, so she's buried in paperwork. Actually, she's just under the weather, so we wish her a speedy and full recovery. Hope to see her next week. Yeah, we miss her. Just sounds weird, two guys talking back and forth like this. It sounds like a lot of podcasts out there. It does, (laughs) actually. (laughs) So, Zod, what has been going on with you in the world of everything? Uh, well, just going crazy. Been a real busy week for some reason since last week. Like my yes. summoner up to uh, my summoner is twenty seven. My hunter is eighty seven. It's kind of a contest to see which one will hit max level first. Um, been working on my special program. I did a, ma- a massive major update to it. I also put out a new program at work. I made a video editor, which was a neat trick I haven't done before. So wow, a lot of fun. So just really, really busy nonstop. How about you? I uh, got my. I believe my hunter is now eighty two. Um, it's, you're going to catch me. I will. I, I, I'm, I'm trying, but man, I, I just did the non, uh, Vashir, um, area, um, before. And so I was like, no, I'm going to do the, the, the Vashir like area. And I forgot how many zones it is. It's like, okay, this is still going. I really don't like I appreciate it's really pretty, but I don't really like the 3D thing. It does not work in like I stuff above or below me. Like I'm over that. I'm ready for the zone to to be over. Yes. I I think I think I'm on the end part of it where it where you're like uh, you've got a like a sword and you go to specific spots and you like go back in time and like relive. Yeah, I love those. Those are excellent. And that's really cool. And I'm to that point. So I think that's approaching the end of it. But I'm I'm really ready to move on. Like if if, if most people, if you haven't done Vashir as a leveling up, but um, I forget what level that was. That's 80. It's, it, no, it's, 80, it's, it's a starting 80, zone. 81-ish? Yeah. Yeah, the starting zone, level 80. And if you haven't done Vashir because the whole underwater thing bugs you, it's really worth doing it just to get to those quests. Well, those do, quests do it awesome. once. Everyone everyone should do it once. Like, don't skip it all together. That's, that's, you're missing part of the game if you're skipping, if you're skipping it all together. But I would highly yeah. suggest that you do so. Uh, there are definitely I, zones you can skip, like most of Outland, but... Well, and I wish I would have remembered that earlier and I could have skipped all of Outland because I've done it that would be, 20 times. Yeah, but, that's right. <laughs> but uh, I also got my replacement bike, which I'm very thrilled about. And I will be Yay. I will be hopefully using that this weekend. But I've been so busy that it's like I just... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, what game is that in again? Uh, that is the real life game. It's really high oh, resolution, I, but you can actually die. So you have to be really <laughs> careful. Like if you die, that's it. There's you no there's, there's no resing, there's no nothing, so you have to be really careful and uh and you know be wary of that. I know I don't do that because the sun is trying to kill me. 
And man, I need to start reading the uh, I need to start reading the intro before I read it. Cause really, come meet me in person. Thanks, Odd. Like I, I appreciate. You'll that. read anything I type in there. It's <laughs> yeah. great. I, well, normally I'll read the other stuff, but it's like that. It's like oh no, it's just a, a sentence. It'll be it'll be just oh, fine. Yeah. So it's never changed ever. Just go ahead and read it. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, man. So we do have a great show for today. We have special guests Radozato and Captain Hunter standing by to talk to us about Star Trek Online. But first, we will get into AIE News. AIE News. So I guess this is the part where people can meet me. Uh, if you choose to do such things. So there is a meetup almost in my own backyard. Well, really close anyway. There's going to be a raid on the Harry's Hofbrau in San Jose in about two weekends. Uh, the time's not set in stone. Uh, the meetup.com event, I believe, is currently for 1230. But I was like, hey, is there any chance you can move it later? Because I have to run someone to the airport right around that time. So uh, if there's, I know there's quite a few people in this area. I'm going to try to get Dills to come down. I believe Rolox in the area. I believe Six is in the area. So I'm going to try to get everyone to coalesce in uh, San Jose for this. I'd love to meet you guys. Uh, so a shout out to Oak Dragon for trying to get this organized. Man, I really got to move out to California. Between <laughs> California and Arizona, that's why I think half of AIE is just located in those two states. It's kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. No, okay. there are a lot of us here. Because it's well, that is the crazy place, right? California. Well, yeah, so that makes sense. It's full of fruits totally. and nuts. Hey, totally. <laughs> all right. Next up, it looks like Emperor Palpatine on April 1st. No joke, this isn't he's not kidding. He actually <laughs> did this. Put up another SWOTOR officer for you to ask all your crazy questions to. Crazy questions speaking is hard. Uh, for you to ask all of your crazy questions to this month on the hot seat is SEMA, or is that SEMA? I believe it's SEMA. Sure. I believe you were SEMA. correct the first time, yes. So uh, jump on the forums, ask anything and everything you could possibly want to ask, but of course, be nice. We're kind of, you know, family-oriented. Yes, yes. So uh, Nertacular tickets are now available. So the general general admission tickets, I believe they're 45 bucks, which is a deal, believe me. It's it's a great, a great event. Head over to Eventbrite to pick them up. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, keep in mind, if you happen to get your ticket through Nertacular, or wow, if you happen to get your ticket through Kickstarter, rather, uh, you should have already gotten an email that has instructions. You go to the Eventbrite site, but it has additional instructions. So check your email if you got your ticket through the Kickstarter. Uh, and so don't buy a ticket twice. Just want people to be aware of that. All right. And speaking of Nerdtacular, it looks like Max, who was on uh, last week's show, and a bunch of other people are actually crazy enough. They're going to try to organize a running of the nerds in real life. Not in-game like normal, but in real life. I will not be joining uh, this. It's at altitude, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I would not be if, if I had to either. But yeah, as Gomez says, it, there are some concerns that uh, Salt Lake City is at an altitude of around 4,400 feet. Uh, you're still on the ground. It's not like you're up in the air or anything, but the whole entire city is up that high. So keep that in mind if those of you tend to breathe hard when you run like I do or when you walk like I do. Uh, but a few diehard folks are going to try to do at least a few runs while they're there. And yes, that I, I believe um, there's an organized event to try to do this uh, like one of the days. I believe Max is doing both or all Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So there, if you want to run and wear yourself out, Max will definitely be your guy. Like, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff going on there. So, so people are into that. So go for it. Yeah, I, I will not be joining. I will be, <laughs> I will be holding a box of donuts, waving at you as you like leave the parking lot of the the con hotel. So, uh, we're not sure if we want to call it a reboot 
or if we want to call it a new chapter in the life of the podcast Cap Stable. But it's brought to you by the folks in AIEU, and it has returned to the airwaves. Uh, space waves? I, there's no air in space. I'm not. I'm not really sure here. Uh, anyway, in space. If no you, one can hear you podcast. Well, there you go. So. If you have any interest in Eve, you should check out this podcast. It's a great group of folks. Uh, I'm sure you would enjoy listening to it. Absolutely. Uh, the ever-talented Andrew Allen, the composer of our new show theme, you just heard it a few seconds ago, has reached the 15-day mark for his Kickstarter, and he's already at 83% of the way there. So tell your friends, we know how many people listen to this podcast. We do. We're watching you. Yes, we and, do. And uh, we know how many of you like video game music. So support a Frog Pants regular and get his album album funded early. And finally, we'll end with a little rumors and scuttlebutt, not to steal from another podcast here. Uh, so apparently some details of Blizzard's mysterious game, codenamed Titan, have been leaked. We don't know how true it is, but someone who knows someone might know something that says Titan will be based off Earth history and will include everything from modern weapons to magic, time travel, and, he- and heavy use of Greek Roman and Viking myths. So my interest is peaked. That sounds like a really cool oh, game. It does. Totally. <laughs> like... I, I would just want to see it. All right. For more information on everything we just discussed in the news, you can find links in our show notes on our website at www.theaiepodcast.com. And of course, read the AIE forums. It's all there. Yes. And the podcasts are often posted under our uh, exalted tiger, Henry. So um, within about, I would say a couple hours of posting the podcast, it will show up. The show notes will show up on the forums as posted by Henry. So keep an eye out for the tiger posting. And that's, uh, that's where you'll find that information. He's pretty well trained, isn't he? Yes. He's, he's ready to go with that stuff. And uh, Steve (laughs) might be making an appearance later. There's all sorts of stuff in the works here. So with that, uh, we have been yammering endlessly here, or I have been, Zod has been saying very intelligent things. Uh, we want to welcome our guests, uh, Radozato and Captain Hunter. Uh, welcome, guys. Uh, let us know what's going on in the world of Star Trek Online. Hi, I'm Captain Hunter from AI and Star Trek Online. And hey, oh, wait, sorry. This is the whole thing now. <laughs> the, the podcast thing? Yeah, that happens. I, I understand. So, I understand. This is for real. <laughs> well, so, hi, guys. As real as it gets. <laughs> well, thanks for Greetings. having us on. So what is going on in AIE in Star Trek? Well, uh, I guess the big news is uh, that there is a expansion coming out. It's actually Cryptic's first expansion for the game. It's free, and it's a pretty big one. It's going to introduce a third faction, which is the Romulan faction. Uh, up until now in the game, you've been able to play Klingons and Federation characters. And with... Uh, Federation, you can play. You could play one to fifty, and at level twenty-five, you could unlock the Klingon faction. And there were some concerns with people that the Klingons weren't quite as uh, fleshed out as the Federation side. But with this new expansion, you can play one through fifty Federation Klingon one through fifty and Romulan one through fifty as well. Oh, and, good! So you get to start with all of them right off the bat. Yes. So all of them have their own beginning areas, tutorials, starting areas, and I think one of the bigger items that came up as well was since they introduced fleets, uh, which are basically in-game guilds, and star bases, which is guild housing in, in effect, um, people were concerned that now there's a third faction. So all this time and effort and resources that you've put towards building your guild housing, uh, you have to do it all over again for the Romulans or people who maybe have small fleets or you know fleets that are still trying to build their guild housing. 
they're going to lose players who are going to go try the new faction. Well, what Cryptic did was they created the Romulan faction as what I've been calling the Pandarians of the Star Trek Online universe. Oh, nice. So you can mm. be a Romulan that sides with the Klingons or the Federation. Yes. No, I, so, I think you need yep, to exactly. So you, <laughs> yes, you can, you can either join the Horde or the Alliance, <laughs> and you can go cross-game. <laughs> So um, it's a very big green wall. I, I do, um, I yeah, do so have that, a question. That, that made a lot of people happy. I have a question regarding that. So when you say it's Klingons and Federation, um, is it like is it just humans, or are there several races which all belong to the Federation, or like what are the actual race choices in the game? As far as race uh, choices, off the top of my there head, are Rados. Yeah. Yeah, as far as race choices, <clears throat> all the core founding races of the Federation are there, which is the Tellarites, the Andorians, the Vulcans, and the humans. There's a couple others. Again, off the top of my head, I don't have a character slot open. I can just like hop over and say, hey, who's there? <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a couple other signature races that are in the game, <clears throat> at least Federation side. Um, then there is a conglomerate kind of a... Uh, wild card create a brand new race of aliens uh so if like for example uh cardassians and romulans right now in the game technically don't exist but through some creative use that the player base has come up with they've devised what they mainly and primarily agree on this is what the racial traits are for you know these other races that have existed in the lore of star trek and then making the alien race look just like the 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 race in question. Like, I've seen some very, very believable Cardassians running around, even though they technically fall under the alien. Um, like a Kim Cardassian? <laughs> if only. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, the Klingon side has a, bigger. The, the, the Klingon Defense Force has a similar situation where they have some signature races on their end. Uh, primarily, it's the Nausicans, the Gorn, the Orions, and, of course, the Klingons. Uh, there's, again, a couple other races over there that are um, that have been seen through the uh, literature and so forth. And uh, uh, finally, a thing of, you know, create a custom alien race. Uh, now, are, are the Klingons like the old Klingons that look like Oriental with long mustaches, or are they the new Klingons with the big bony foreheads? Uh, they are the next generation and beyond appearances of them. So the classic version or the momentarily, as you saw them in Enterprise version, or the one Deep Space Nine triple episode version. So not those guys, right. but the, the, the Worf version. Gotcha. I've always mm -hmm. liked those. I always liked that look. Okay, I got to ask, can you be a triple? Yeah. No, but you can have oh. a lot of triples. There's not yet. triples in the game? You can, you can have triples. And nice. Yes, there are tribbles in the game, and if you have a tribble in your inventory with food, it will eat the food and duplicate. So you will have tribbles <laughs> breeding in your inventory wow. if you leave food in there. With that's you. awesome and super meta. Like, I mean, that's what tribbles do. They eat and multiply. Yeah. So and, that's, I oh, mean, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Oh, yeah. oh you want to even, the even worse version yeah. is um, my Klingon character does tribble breeding, but not in the normal sense that the game kind of intends you to do. well there's two ways that they're intended to do the federation version is you try and breed certain tribbles so you can get particular buffs because different ones do different things my klingon on the other hand which if the video people can hopefully you guys are seeing this 
Um, what I have is there's mm -hmm. a, about five cannibal tribbles, and all <laughs> I do is I get five things of food because I got five cannibal tribbles. I have a stash of normal trip, like low end quality tribbles, and every hour the normal tribbles eat the food while the cannibal tribbles eat five of the normal tribbles, and I get <laughs> these tribble carcasses. Now, since the Klingons hate tribbles, if you know your Star Trek lore, you can turn in these carcasses as showing that you have been fighting against the, you know, the sworn terror of the Klingon Empire. So this is the pet battles of uh, Star Trek Online. <laughs> sort of. But we'll go with it. Yes. To the, the death. More pets. <laughs> to the death. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. The, the Tribbles, like you mentioned, they, they have buffs. So, you know, you can pretty much, the, the Federation side, you can pet them and get maybe a, a boost to your damage or boost to your health. On the opposite side, if the Klingons pull them out and hold them, they scream. Wow, well, that's... Oh, I should have, I should have showed, showed that off. Anyways. <laughs> that's awesome. Anyway, I totally sidetracked you with the Tribbles there. I'm so sorry. You want to get back, back to your, uh, your planned... Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so uh, also, I guess... Uh, so in the Star Trek universe, yeah, we have... There's many races you can play. The game um, is about three years old now. It launched to some pretty big fanfare. Uh, space combat was hailed at the beginning. It was pretty popular, very good. Ground combat, a little less so. And a little thin on the mission side. You know, they, and, but over the years, they've gone from... I believe um, uh, it was with another development house, got moved over to Cryptic. Cryptic had it for a while. Uh, Atari came in, and now Perfect World Entertainment has come in, and for the past year or two, uh, they've been doing a very successful job of taking the game free to play, and not just free to play, but it's really free to play. You can go from 1 to 50 without spending a penny. There's lots of cool stuff they entice you with, so you probably will spend some money, but if you want to go completely free, you can, in that every 10 levels, you rank up from ensign to lieutenant to lieutenant commander to commander to captain and you move up through the ranks and every time you gain a rank about every 10 levels you get a free ship so you're given a new ship you can earn bridge officer characters through missions through things and the bridge officer characters are the quote-unquote heroes of your star trek story they're the ones who your chief engineer your chief medical officer your tactical officer that sort of stuff they've been down with you for the away teams they are sort of like hunter pets that will, you know, they have independent minds of their own, but they will obey commands of attack that objective or stay here or, you know, heal that person. So they move among themselves. And you can pretty much, you gain those as you move along. You get to add more crew as you level up and rank up. You can promote your bridge officers as well so they In can get more skills. You only, pretty much, for you know, a like, free person, you know, you only gain two additional bridge officer slots. If you're a subscriber or lifetime member, you'll get even more. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, they have the Zen store where you mm -hmm. can purchase additional slots on top of those two free slots. Oh, okay. Okay. So mm -hmm. I, I, I'm looking at the, you mentioned that it was completely free to play. So I'm actually uh, in the show notes, we will have posted a, a, yes. a direct link to the matrix of what a subscriber versus free to play and wow, it's this is one of the. I, I, I'm glad that games are kind of moving to this model that it looks like you're not terribly limited. Um, in, in, if you're doing, I mean, obviously there's some stuff that is purchasable and unlockable, but for the most part, it looks like a lot of the stuff is like the, mm -hmm. the story in the game are pretty well unlimited from the looks of it. 
pretty much perfect world yeah, of entertainment. Yeah, I think if you if look at the Matrix, if you go other yeah, games, if you if you've played any other perfect world entertainment games, they use this exact same model, where the vast majority of the PVE and PVP content is out there. It's just the interesting knickknacks and gee whiz kind of items are in the cash shop, but they're convincing enough that it's like, yeah, I'll slam down you know twenty bucks and buy this. You know, that's that's cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm just glad that I'm glad that's a viable business model that keeps and, all and these games out there. Between three, yeah, it's it's nice because there's not that much difference. Like maybe more inventory slots, maybe more uh, bank space, you know, things like that. And I think you know another portion of it is you have access to create foundry missions, which is another ac- uh, part of the game is player created content. So even if you hit end game, there's always going to be player created missions. And some of these are really, really good. I've done a couple that seem like I'm actually playing a television episode. Um, you know, but the, you know, you can play all the foundry missions you want player created missions for free. But if you want to make foundry missions, that's where, you know, you kind of have to pay for access to that, the tools to make it. That seems pretty fair. Right. That makes sense. So is that a, like, you can pay, I want to make five missions, or is that a, I have to have a subscription sort of thing to be able to to make those? For the Foundry, you, what you have to, if you're a subscriber. Yeah, it's a subscription for yeah. the tool set. If you're a subscriber, you have so many slots of missions that you can build and work with. If you're a free person, you have to pay Zen, which is the premium currency, to buy slots to make it yourself. So as a free person, you can potentially get these, and these will create a additional um, revenue uh, for uh, Dilithium. <clears throat> um, what they do, though, is they pretty much... Um, about tongue-tied. What the what they do, the community is they'll build <laughs> these episodes, just like Hunter was saying, where it plays out very much like a episode. It's like it's it's it, it's on par with fan fiction, but pretty much it's you know it's kind of a vetted system where does the community like and approve this, and they will become a featured um, episode or foundry mission on here. And pretty much what happens if you're a featured one is. If you play these featured missions, you'll get um, some extra um, income of Dilithium, which is a time currency. I'll get into that later, as well as some other special items for you know doing this stuff. And then you, as the creator, pretty much you can get an an additional income of tips in Dilithium for people who play it and like and approve of what you've done on here. Yes, let's definitely let's current definitely start in. The there. current state of the fleet is doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much the fleet is at, uh, we just hit level five recently. The fleet is just started its tier two starbase, um, which gives us more access to more items. Uh, the embassy is well on its way, but considering we have about a 60 person fleet with about half of those active members, um, not many alts at all, actually. Uh, people are just pouring in the resources, and we are just cruising along pretty well for such a small fleet. Um, you know, as we move along, the, the, Resources get exponentially, you know, bigger to that we're going to need to build things. But um, yeah, it's great. It's just nice to see, you know, the amenities that we've added. We've, you know, got in some nice, actually, art on the walls and you know, statues and things like that. We've made a place a nice, nice home to live. And as we unlock more items, more people stop by and check out and enjoy our starbase. So I have a question as far as that goes. So basically, I'm assuming that the starbase is created with things equivalent to trade skills. And then you basically, instead of making something for yourself, you can contribute a resource towards the starbase? Or how exactly does that work? 
Well, the system for the star bases. Well, it's more well, resources that you can holdings. buy. The, the the system for the fleet holdings yes. and reputations are similar, where you take items in game that were normally used for the duty officer system, um, which there's a tutorial about that at level seven when you get playing. So I'll leave that for the game because they do really well. Okay. But you take these items that you get from from there, and instead of contributing to your no normal duty officer stuff, you can contribute them to the guild to unlock and uh, progress the the projects for different aspects. Uh, for example, our current one of our current massive ones we're doing is we're upgrading the the star base to tier two. We need uh like two hundred thousand dilithium. Uh, to get that done. Now, to give you an idea of how much that is, a day worth of refined dilithium, I'll get into that, what dilithium work is, but a day worth of dilithium refining is 8,000. So if you do if you do your math at home, you can figure out how many days what it would take one person to do that. Now, thankfully, this is a fleet. We're all pitching in, so it's mm -hmm. not that horrendous. But there's other things like you're yeah. committing duty officers to you know, complete these things. You're also taking the fleet marks you earn from missions to complete these things, and you much, said duty. much more. I, I, I did say duty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> duty officers. <laughs> wow. Sorry, sir. It's a whole other alien race. They're very disgusting. <laughs> I just watched a Wreck-It Ralph, and that's a running joke throughout the show. So yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> So anyhow, the, the base that, are things that you collect in game. Go ahead, Hunter. There's lag between <laughs> Hunter and myself, and we keep talking over each other unintentionally. Go ahead, Hunter. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So the items that you can add are things that can be earned in game. There's dilithium, which is one of the currencies. There's fleet marks, which are sort of like. Um, uh, battlefield tokens, I guess. You go and perform missions and get, you know, these fleet marks that you can then assign to your thing. Uh, duty officers, you can pick up uh, self-stealing stem bolts, uh, you know, warp coils, that sort of stuff. You know, things that you can get throughout the game and just kind of pile them in there. Um, and like I said, what, uh, what Rado mentioned with the duty officer system, the duty officer system is sort of a mini-game. Um, uh, your bridge officers make up your core, like I said, stars of the show, your chief medical officer, engineer, that sort of thing. About about six to eight of those. But the duty officers are the hundreds and hundreds of the little people who work in the decks below and, you know, just kind of, you know, run maintenance and stuff. You can assign them jobs. And it's almost like EVE Online where you assign the jobs. Maybe it's a 30-minute job. Maybe it's a 20-hour job. And you come back and just kind of collect their reports at the end of the day and, you know, collect experience and, you know, level up. You can level up completely through duty officer system just from the experience that your duty officers bring you. Um, you get a few core, you kind of build them, collect them. There's also rarity. So it's one, it was voted second best mini game in an MMO recently on one of the uh, MMO websites. So the enlisted people do all the work and then the officers collect all the uh, benefits. Well, quite literally, the duty officers. If you're <laughs> exactly. looking at the, sh at the if you're looking at the TV show, the duty officers are like Chief O'Brien or or Guinan. You know, that's who these people are in your in your crew. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So that's yeah. I mean, it's just like real life. All of the grunts do the work, yep. and then the people who yep. are higher up are just like, hey, I'll get some experience <laughs> and rewards. Thank I you was very much. <laughs> to know about it. They get paid energy credits and gold press latinum, and you know, visits over to. Um, the Dabo, the Dabo table, you know. <laughs> I have to ask though: Is there a planet with uh, green women? <laughs> <laughs>
Yes. Yes. Well, nice. There is Risa. There is Risa. <laughs> yeah, there is Risa, but I don't know off the top of my head if you can actually visit Orion, but the hmm. Orions, are, like I mentioned earlier, the Orions are part of the Klingon Defense Force. So you're... Your green people that Captain Kirk's always with, and on the the couple episodes in Enterprise, you do get to see them and make them. But do you get to make out with them? That's the question. Zod, family, well, well, family show. Jeez. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll save that for the AE podcast after dark. Well, one of the special if you have a if you have a bridge officer who's an Orion, they do have a special ability called Seduce, which will basically make your enemies attack each other. Wow. Nice. Which, That's actually yeah. if you if you make an Orion, you can pick that ability, so you as a captain can do that as well. That's <laughs> it's a crowd control ability, just like the Vulcans have the nerve pinch and the mind meld as well. Mm-hmm. So I I'm I'm an X Raider in WoW simply because I don't have the time anymore. But um, huh. end game content, people always want to know mm-hmm. what what's going on end game content in uh, in Star Trek Online. I can cover some of that. So uh, in the end game content, well, you get up to level 50, which is the max level right now. It's been that way ever since launch. And, uh, or actually, no, I think it was 40. They bumped it up to 50. But you can then take on missions with Omega Force or with the Romulan Re- Reunificationists. And they are basically uh, two rep systems that you can, I guess, quote unquote, grind for that you take on missions. Mako is basically an anti-Borg task force, uh, Federation and Klingon together, taking on missions. Uh, very pug-friendly. You can just kind of join the queue and hop up, or as we've done it multiple times within the fleet, we just happen to have five or so people. Five-man group hop in. Uh, they have standard-level raids, so you have either space missions or ground missions, uh, and then on either fighting the Borg or fighting the Romulan, the Remans, and whoever they're fighting on their end. Um, space missions, ground missions, and then elite versions of those missions, which are actually pretty tough. So a lot of people it's really like just heroic mode of any of those missions. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so is there, I mean, how, how large a groups can you be, uh, tackling some of this stuff? Is it only five man or is there actually larger groups than that? There is one raid encounter thing in the, well, two now. There's two raid encounter things you can do in this game, and one of them you do around level 15. The first time you're allowed to do is around level 15. That's where you have to go deal with a minefield that the Gorn have, sh- have set up. The second one came out with the star bases, where a whole raid worth of people are trying to defend the star base. But as far as traditional, what everyone else is expecting from an MMO of, I'm max level, let's form a raid guild and go do raiding because we raid in the raid raid raid. <laughs> That's not how this game works. This okay. one is it, it works a lot like, you know, how you see on TV. It's this this tight knit group of we're always the away team and we're always down there doing our, our cool stuff, or it's just us with our awesome ships, not massive tons and tons and tons and tons of fleets worth of ships. Mm-hmm. So it's it it feels more like the TV show where it's you know just these core people. So um, you know, end game is five man elite groups. Okay. And while you ha- and while you have uh, basically pretty much a tactical, an engineer, and a science uh, tack, you can go with your officer. You know, one's more kind of DPS heavy. Science is more healer, crowd control. Engineers more, you know, tanky. You could run an entire group of tactical officers or an entire group of engineers. I mean, they always have uh, 
offensive and defensive skills. You know, maybe some more than the other, and some maybe better than the other at certain things. But you could run three tacks and two psi, or all engineers, or any combination of that, because they tend to work well either with your ship abilities to, you know, heal another person's shields, or to send out fighters from your fighter bay, or you know play it offensively or defensively and on the ground you know uh, I believe it's engineers can call in an orbital strike a giant laser to just come down boom and you know take out a massive enemies or this you know the science fellow can be you know using his repulsor tachyon harmonic to you know do feedback and attack the enemy and stuff so it's nice that if it's a five-man group or a 20-man group it could be any mix of, of anybody it's not really you're queuing for a specific role that's nice okay so can you reverse the tachyon pulse? Is that is yes. that a thing? Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> nice. Because that was like the solution to, I think, a third of the original series episodes that they needed to like, you know, reverse the tachyon beam and all the Star Trek nerds send your email to, oh, <laughs> to you podcast can, you can at org. You can reverse shield polarity. Nice. You can. <laughs> so they have all the tropes. That's really awesome. Yes. Yes. Can you cross the skills. streams? Uh, that's a different but, show. That's another MMO. Oh, oh sorry. You can, <laughs> Three you, can have a, you can use your tactical team to start working on stuff. You have your attack pattern beta. Wow. You have your um, engineering team, science team. You can set all your auxiliary power to the structural integrity of field. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, it's it's there. You know. You know Does anyone ever get to yell, "Damn it, Jim"? <laughs> I'm sure you, that happens. Actually, <laughs> yes. On the most recent. Um, thing they did for the anniversary event, there was a "He's Dead" Jim. Yes, nice. Wow, complete, nice. complete with the followed yeah. up "Who's Jim?" <laughs> <laughs> and then you use your tachyon beam to just um, destroy the shields. Um, if you're a, if you've got the science bridge officers for it, you can create gravity wells. Yeah. Uh, you can also make a um, uh, what's it called the uh, the Tykens Rift as well. Tykens Rift. It just rips out the energy right out of your ship. And another thing I like about the game is it's not just, I mean, there is the end game rating content, but I haven't gone through all the storyline missions. There are storylines for the Klingons, for the Romulans, for the Cardassians, long, multi, like 20 some missions per storyline. But some of them are just, I've gone back in time and I've seen some familiar faces from the past. Uh, and it all looks it all looks like original TOS. Uh, I've I've got in an EV suit and I've walked on the exterior of Deep Space Nine and jumped around and stuff. I mean, there's Very I nice. mean, as a, as a Star Trek geek and somebody who's like, uh, as soon as I got in the game, I went to Deep Space Nine. Just I, it was hard. I was like level one. I'm just please don't shoot me. I'm trying to get there, but it was like I get to go to these places and interact with these areas that I've seen in the shows and. You know, things seem familiar. There's familiar sounds. Uh, well, they reference the show so over. much. Like one of my oh. favorite, well, one of my two favorite missions, but top one of the two is the one called Of Bajor, which was, um, as Hunter was talking about, you do stuff over on Deep Space Nine. On this one, you beam down to Bajor. And if you're a fan and have paid attention to stuff that was going on in Deep Space Nine, there was a event where the prophets stopped this on these oncoming reinforcements of the Jem Hadar from attacking Deep Space Nine. They just close the wormhole and then open it up, and mysteriously, they're just gone. Well, in the episode, in the mission of Bajor, they reveal what happened. And when when you see that, mo when I saw that moment, I was like, "Oh my goodness! I'm Kermit the Frog, <laughs> waving my arms in the air." <laughs> but the second one is in the Romulan mystery storyline. It's like 
second to last or third to last. I think it's third to last mission. But make sure you've got your music turned on in the game because there's this particular event and you'll start hearing this music and you're going to go, <gasps> So they really do. It's not just a Star Trek-like game. That actually is tied into the whole Star Trek universe. Yeah, they they have Leonard Nimoy doing voices. They just recently got Denise Crosby to reprise uh, Sela. She's coming back for the Romulan expansion. So uh, yeah, I mean they they you know and they get some really good voice talent in on on some of these missions. So nice, that's very impressive. What's the actor's name who's Spock in the new Star Treks? Um, Zachary Quinto. Yeah, Quinto. Yeah. Yes. He's, Siler. He's oh, an e, he's an EMH in that's one of right. the missions on here. So they you know they've pulled other people into this, but. Um, they make references to characters who show up, you know, kind of incidentally, like um, Chief O'Brien's kids. You get to see them. Um, oh, uh, what's his uh, name? All the traders, all of the traders, uh, the trading ships that run around, the freighters, all their last names are Mud. So, you know, he got around. <laughs> <laughs> um, another fun one is um, Commander Paris, as made famous yes. by the morning stream. <laughs> yeah. uh, you get to meet his daughter. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's, uh, I mean, and the thing is, too, I kind of, you know, people are asking why now? It's so like three years, isn't it kind of late for this? But I think the game has evolved so much and it's matured so much. And I had been playing for, since beta, really. And I was in a guild and, you know, there were kind of min-maxers and a lot of smack talk and stuff. So I was, I was in the guild but not in the guild. And I came across AI and been playing for a while and I realized we didn't have a presence here. And the game's free and I just kind of wanted to like plant a flag and say, hey, here's a place for AI people to gather. I know it's a free game that people are going to kind of, the interest will wane because there's no, hey, I'm paying my 15 bucks. I gotta, I feel compelled to play to get my money's worth. People may play for a couple weeks for a intensely and and then drift away for another couple of weeks maybe a month or two but the AI fleet will be here for you you can always come back maybe it's not the green wall you're used to but <laughs> you know we've got people playing morning afternoon and evenings I'm part of the evening shift myself and you know it's just a nice place to come and you can ask questions you're not going to be judged the fleet bank has equipment you know you can always ask for help and you know we just like randomly hey who wants to team up and like five six people pop in and just go have some fun well and that, that's that's the thing is i i'm very glad that we've not we finally reached the point in the you know the the ai community that every game does not try to be wow because mm-hmm. that's not possible i mean it's yeah. the wow has a huge established base there's millions and millions of people playing it i'm really glad that we have uh you know, establish that it's like, hey, 60 or 70 people play this game. They play it a lot mm-hmm. and that's that's fine. And I, I think that's great. And I think that's going to be a, a good thing for the community to be able to move forward, uh, expanding mm-hmm. into other games. Yeah. I mean, if you like Star Trek, it's here. It's free. It's here. Maybe if uh, Eve is a bit too intimidating space combat wise, uh, it's this game is very forgiving. You die, you respawn, you know, pop up. Oh, and one massive thing about Star Trek Online is CB- now CBS, they gave the, the rights to make this game to Cryptic, and because Perfect World Entertainment owns Cryptic now, they have say over it. But because you know, CBS has a massive, the best way to describe it is a stranglehold, but in a good way of what content is allowed on Star Trek Online. So in a mm-hmm. very literal and realistic sense, Star Trek Online is your current 
you know, Star Trek. It's what happens next. This is the prime universe. This mm-hmm. isn't a offshoot. It's like this is what happens after Voyager chronologically. Cool. That's a, and that's that's kind of cool that they're. It's not. I wouldn't call it canon, but it, mm-hmm. it is certainly like all of the events that have transpired from then to now have. Well, CBS are, has so far said that what's going on in Star Trek Online. This is the canon. Wow. Now the foundry now the foundry, that's still fan fiction. Okay. And the PVE stuff as published um, by Cryptic, as owned by Perfect World Entertainment, that is canon. So mm-hmm. pretty much any content they come out with, they have to get it signed off by CBS or it's shot down. Which mm-hmm. actually kind of led to the state of things right now with the whole Romulan expansion and and the dismal experience with the Klingon side, where you have to pretty much the Klingon faction is effectively Death Knights in this game. <laughs> but you know, it's because of what CBS signed off on and said, "Hey, this is where things are going. You have to adapt." And they're mm-hmm. like, "Ah, uh, and, <laughs> wow. and they do." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh- is there anything else you guys wanted to cover? This is this has been very informative, and man, were there more hours in the day, you would probably see me in this game because I know there's no excuse. It's free. <laughs> I, I, admittedly, I'm way more of a Star Wars geek than a Star Trek geek, but there are certainly like aspects of the Star Trek universe that I really, really like. So uh, I it now is this both PC and Mac, or is this just PC, or uh, what? What's the situation there? Currently only PC. Okay, fair enough. I have a gaming PC that will that will work well yes. enough for me. Okay, is there anything else you guys wanted to mention? Or uh, it looks like uh, I I'm not trying to go a little behind the scenes, but it looks like Google is uh, crashing in general as we do the show here. <laughs> so. Yeah, it does. It tends to be slide showing a bit. One thing I was kind of hinting at a couple times earlier is I wanted to get into you know what's dilithium. And- What's Zen? Oh, sure. If you so, want to cover that quickly, um, Hunter, uh, do you have anything first? Because um, mine's going to be very dry and boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think uh, that pretty much covers it. Uh, you know, it's the, the you can go onto the the boards, uh, the forums. We've got a you know, you can put your name in there. Uh, the nice thing is, any names are available in the game. So if you want to be he's dead, Jim, or if you want to be Jim, or you know, Roddenberry, <laughs> or whatever name you want to have, it's always like. The second part of your name. So there's or, a, or an actually, here, here's something that you, we'll, we'll give this as a specific example. My main character in the game is Deed Foland, first and last name. If you wanted, you could make a science officer Betazoid female named Deed Foland. <laughs> game won't stop you. <laughs> but it does identify you by the second part of your name, the at symbol. So I'm Hunter at Bumbling B, Raishan at Bumbling B. So you can always capture the person, the actual player, by their tag, but they can name themselves anything, and that's what shows up over their head. Oh, cool. Okay. So, real quick, we got got about five minutes left here. If you want to go into the the timed currencies quickly uh, to explain, folks. Okay. Well, Perfect World Entertainment, this is what came in from there. They have uh, three currencies. They have a your generic currency, which will be energy credits in this, or gold or copper coins, things like that. You have a time currency in Star Trek Online. This is dilithium, which is divided into two things, refined and unrefined dilithium. Then you have your cash shop currency, which is your I pay my whatever real dollars to get the premium currency. These are your space points, your cartel coins, your zen in this game. 
Now, in this game, they have what's called the Zen Market. <clears throat> and what this is, is you can um, either offer up any Zen that you have that's unspent for um, refined dilithium or vice versa. You can say, I want to you know, offer up this much refined dilithium for this much Zen. So what now what uh, dilithium is, is every 24 hours on a set interval, not on a cooldown, it's like at this hour every day is the reset time, but you can refine up to 8,000 units of unrefined dilithium into processed dilithium. And what this reflects is it's quite literally, this is your time in the game. And when you're offering that up for Zen, you're literally offering up your time for money and vice versa. Now, you can't cash this out so that, you know, I, I you cash out your Zen to have money back, kind of like a Blizzard, you know, similar to the Blizzard wallet. You cannot do that. You know, once the money's in and it's turned to Zen, it stays Zen. And you can't mm. transfer Zen between Perfect World games. But, you know, literally in this game, Anything you can do to get Dilithium is an investment of your time that you can use towards trading for Zen so you can for free without spending even a wooden nickel, literally, you can unlock um, cash shop things by just playing the game. Okay, so I I have a question. So you you mentioned that you're refining Dilithium and all that. Is that literally just a button or do you need a specific trade skill or like how does that work? Um, It's It's just... It's just a button, but if you're a subscriber, at least according to the matrix on it, if you're a subscriber, when you log in, it just auto-processes it. But as a free or non-subscriber person, there's a button that you bring up when you bring uh, when you go over to your a- your assets, and it says like refine dilithium. There'll be a tooltip that says how much dilithium you've processed for the day and how much is left over of that maximum. You hit the thing. If you're watching the video, you just watch me do it. You know, I just processed 120. 1,255 um, ore into refined. And so now I've got a nice big pile, you know, waiting for me to use for either in the dilithium store or to uh, put it into the uh, Zen, into the Zen exchange. Or once I've got the Zen, I can hop over into the uh, Zen store and buy cool things like Andorian vessels. So this is really your incentive to keep logging in every day so you can click that button. Quite literally. Okay. Very, very Facebook-like, actually. <laughs> it's a good idea. It works. Fair well, enough. I'd say the most Facebook thing like this is the duty officer system because it's very much your farm village kind of thing because hmm. the different um, things that they do run different amounts of time and you get different rewards. Well, you get faster, better rewards if you're doing the quick things, but it's like you know if you're going to be logged off or going to sleep, you run a couple long ones and gotcha. come back later. Dutyville. Yep. <laughs> Dutyville. Yep. You said Dutyville. So, oh, now we both said duty. So with that, that is our show for this evening. A big thanks to both Radozato and Captain Hunter for joining us. Next week, we'll be talking to Cyrene and Hunts the Wind from AIE World of Warcraft. Uh, stay tuned. We've got a full ride of great AIE member segments coming up, including Epic Diapers, Mega Minute, Aludra's Pets, Hailing Frequencies, and the AIE Raid Wrap-Up. So, I can't actually scroll to any of the things that I'm supposed to see because Google Documents has completely frozen on me. Uh, okay, I'll read the. I get the rest of it. 
But before we get to those segments, if you need to reach us, we can be found the following ways uh, via email at podcast at AIE-guild.org. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. The show itself is at AIE Podcast. Gomez is at Show Not Found. I am at Accuzad. And you can pester Aludra and make sure she's back on the show next week at Aludra underscore AIE. Radozato is at Radozato. And uh, Captain Hunter, do you have a, a Twitter tag to throw out there? Uh, you can reach me at um, Facebook.com slash Monkey Crush. Ah, there you go. Okay. And if you want to watch us do this live, you can tune in at www.theaiepodcast every Thursday evening at, uh, was it 9 Eastern, I think is our time? Yes. I just show up. I'm not really sure. Uh, if you missed the episode, you can watch the video on YouTube on the channel The AIE Podcast. Our awesome theme at the start of the show was composed by Andrew Allen. You can follow him at Keys with Soul on Twitter. And that's S-O- you guys. S-O-U-L. Oh, so uh, thank you. Thank you both very much for joining us. Thanks for having us. It was awesome. Thanks, guys. No problem. Okay. And remember, kids, Pyramidian wants you to play Star Trek Two. <laughs> wow. Wait, this is Star Trek Two. <laughs> we have we have some we have some cross game promotion here. So thanks everybody. I'm gonna call it there. Congratulations on being a member of AIE, one of the largest and most fantastic gaming communities on the planet. Now, because AIE is so large there is a very good chance that one of your fellow members may be living right next door. What if I told you there was a place where all of the information pertinent to you could be accessed in one easy-to-navigate website? A one-stop shop to organize meetups for BlizzCon, DragonCon, Nerdtacular, or even a small get-together at the local pub. Go to www.meetup.com slash alea-eocta-est dash gaming dash community and register put in your location and you'll have access to all of the latest events that aie has to offer that's www.meetup.com slash alea dash eocta dash s dash gaming dash community aie where all the nice people on the internet are This is Six, coming back at you with Epic Diapers, and this has been quite a crazy week. My wife has been out of town on business, so I've been taking the week off and spending some quality time with the kids. And one thing that we've done in the past, although you haven't played it this week, is my seven-year-old daughter I have allowed to play a little bit of WoW, and she's got a uh, panda hunter. So, honey, uh, what do you think of it so far? Do you like it? Yes, and her name's Pandalera. Um, She's on level eight, and it's really fun to play... um, World of Warcraft. It's I I don't know. It's just so amazing. <laughs> so there you have it, endorsed by a seven-year-old. Uh, but as usual, oh, and there goes my kid in the background. See, this is live taping. Well, not live to you, but you can also find me on the web at epicdiapers.epicdiapers.com, right? And then you can also find me on Twitter at epicdiapers. And what did you want to say? It's hard. it's hard to balance the pew-pew with the poo-poo. That's right. It's hard to balance the pew-pew with the poo-poo. <laughs> Anything else you want to say? Mm. See you later on Epic Diapers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good one. And remember, it's hard to balance the pew-pew with the poo-poo.
Welcome back to another Mega Minute with Mega Good, a mini cast on all things Holy Paladin. This week I give a brief synopsis on the Hordon encounter from the Throne of Thunder raid. This is a five phase fight. At the start of the encounter, I begin the tank on Hordon by hitting the tanks and raid using Eternal Flames, Holy Shock, and Holy Radiance. Phase 1 begins with the Faraki tribe advancing out of the northwest gate. I try and position myself closer to the Hordon tank but in range of the tank on adds. Just make sure to avoid the sand traps when they come close to you. The tank on Hordon takes a stacking debuff called Triple Puncture so I keep my hand of purity on him when off cooldown. It's also important to cleanse those with blazing sunlight. Besides using single target heals and eternal flames, with so much movement on this fight, it's best to take Holy Prism talent, target Hordon, and throw splash heals onto players. Phase 2 begins with the Gurubashi trolls advancing out of the northeastern gate. Our tank swap here so I'd be sure to reposition my beacon on the tank taking Hordon, with healing being rinse and repeat like before. There's a lot of damage here going out from a stacking debuff called Venom Bolt Vol so be sure to cleanse it off of those with the highest stacks. Another thing to keep a watchful eye on is living poison. It is a pool of poison that moves slowly around you but can pretty much two-shot you if you're not paying attention. Healing cooldowns are nice to use during this phase. Phase 3 begins with the Durakari trolls advancing from the southeastern gate. Three things to really watch out for, make sure to dispel deadly plague off of random players, don't let the frozen orb damage you if you're less than 8 yards from one, and if possible, save a hand of sacrifice for when the adds tank gets the mortal strike healing debuff. This is also a nice phase to rotate through healing cooldown. Phase 4 begins with the Amani trolls advancing out of the southwest gate. As a healer I didn't find the damage here too intense, especially after surviving gates 2 and 3. The main thing here is to stay spread out 5 yards to reduce damage from chain lightning and stay away from the totems which cause damage from lightning nova. Phase 5 has you dealing with the war god Jalak and Hordon. I focus most of my heals onto the tank tanking Jalak and raid while healing the Hordon tank through beacon. Most of Jalak's damage comes through an AoE attack called Bestial Cry, so I pop Holy Avenger, then rotate through my AoE heals. Once Jalak is dead, I focus all my attention to the tank on Hordon, who is now taking very heavy damage. I rotate through my remaining healing cooldowns and focus heal the tank till we get our kill. I hope this helps out. If you're on Twitter, come follow me at FFPMMark with a C, or check out my blog page at HealingSpec.com. I'll to the mage here catching the pets to beat you in duels. I've had a really great run in PvP battles, can you tell? It's a good thing too, because Blizzard did something terrible. They put pets in progression rating. Don't believe me? Well, let's head on over to the Throne of Thunder. The Living Sandling is the first pet in the zone you might come across. This little guy is a raid-wide drop, which means he can drop off trash and bosses alike. While this is great, I want you to think back at how often raid zone drops have dropped for you in the past. Wowhead is currently reporting 4% drop rate, so yay? The next pet is the Son of Animus, who drops from none other than the Dark Animus. He's a cool looking mechanical pet that seems to have another crazy low drop rate, this time at around 1%. Finally, there's the G-Kun Hatchling, dropping from G-Kun and proving that no raid boss should participate in Take Your Child to Work Day. This flying pet also has a reported 1% drop rate, so keep those feathers crossed. Luckily, all three of these pets have a chance in dropping in LFR. Unfortunately, that means you still have to deal with the people you can find in LFR. I suggest saving your Moguruns of Fate for G-Kun and the Dark Animus for a second chance at these pets. Man, like I didn't already want a raid team. If you like this segment, or you want to tell me how awesome I am, you can visit the website at aludraspets.com. Hi, 
This is Captain Hunter from AIE and Star Trek Online, and hailing frequencies are open. In fleet news, we've recently begun construction of our Tier 2 Starbase, which means we'll have a Tier 1 Embassy soon and a Tier 2 Starbase. Uh, We are moving along nicely and moving on to Tier 3 hopefully soon after that. Uh, We'll probably get it out before the expansion hits on May 21st. And speaking of which, the new expansion hitting March 21st, uh, the new Romulan expansion for Star Trek Online, will allow users to play a Romulan faction character and later choose which main faction they want to belong to, either Federation or Klingon. Sort of like the Pandarians of the Star Trek Online world. You start off in a Romulan settlement that is unaffiliated. Uh, you eventually move your way up and you can either choose the Talishiar, which I believe is heading towards the KDF faction, or the Unificationist, which heads more towards Starfleet. Uh, more on this as it develops, and we'll see you in the game. Thromka, and welcome to Ask Miss Mulgra, your source on matters of etiquette in Azeroth. Today's question is, what is the proper etiquette for collecting brightly colored eggs during Noble Garden? There are different thoughts on the most efficient collection method for brightly colored eggs. Some like to camp an area and dominate the places where the eggs are laid. Others like to observe the campers for information and then make a circuit of the area they deem to be the most fruitful for collecting. Remember, no matter what method you choose, be polite to the other egg hunters in the spirit of community. My preferred method is to approach a gnome with a full basket of eggs and ask if he is using them. Gnomes are exceedingly polite about surrendering their baskets. They can be a little hard to catch as they run away, though. I am Miss Mulger, and that is my advice. Akamagosh! Follow at Miss Mulger on Twitter, or listen to previous episodes at MissMulger.com. This is Six, here to bring you the progress, recruitment, and achievements for Aliyah Iakta Est co-guild raid teams. A. I. E. Raid Wrap-Up. Noogie Nights has finally cleared the Heart of Fear and the first three bosses in Terrace of the Endless Spring Rolls, making them 15 of 16 in 5.1 content. Boo-yah. Rage Timer has downed the big bad bug known as Garalon and has also ventured into the Throne of Thunder and has downed Jinrock the Breaker. Congrats to everyone and Orc Power! But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. 
If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Midnight Munchies is progressing through Heart of Fear with Tayak and Garillon down. They are now working on Meldrak. They're going to continue working their way through Heart of Fear and hope to kill the Empress within the next week or so. They are recruiting for a tank and a DPS with a heal-off spec. Please see the forums for more information. Camille, Chrismo, Crimson Bane, Squeezel, and Arani put down Nyarlat, the Nine Cat, Nyarlat, Ninja Cat, something the Royal Executioner, and completed the three layer quests in Valley of the Sun God. Lux Medantum Quietus recently got a name change to the Legion of Dynamic Discord. For reasons why, check the recently renamed Layer Knight thread in the Secret World forums. They're still looking for at least one additional regular tank as well as another regular healer. Regular DPS are welcome too, but some of the later layer content requires more people. The attendance and holiday bosses hit Raid Team DBM a bit, but they were last at the Tornado Boss in the Heart of Fear. The fight with him is easy, and they always make it to the end, but they still need a lot more practice on it, especially the second wave. It's a wiper. My man is topped off, ready to go. Sorry, gotta take care of the kids. Kitty Aggro. Kitty Aggro has down Blade Lord Tyak and Amber Shaper One Sock. Why does he only wear one sock, by the way? And are now working on the Grand Empress herself. And you can follow the raid wrap up at AIE Raid Wrap Up or me at Epic Diapers. You can submit your raid progression and recruitments to AIE Raid Wrap Up at gmail.com or search for Raid Wrap Up in the AIE forums on Frog Pants. Have you enjoyed the AIE experience? If you'd like, you can help support the gaming community by sending a $5 or more donation via PayPal. All proceeds will be going towards community operations, events like BlizzCon, the community's website, and much more. You can find our PayPal link by going to our website at www.aie-guild.org. Thank you for your support, and thank you for being a member of Alea Ayakta Est. There we have episode 141 of the AIE Podcast. A big thanks to Radozato and Captain Hunter for joining us to talk about Star Trek Online. Next week, we'll be chatting with the folks from AIE and World of Warcraft. Hope you'll join us then. Thanks for listening. Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.